Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Moulton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was going to say, I was actually going to say, yep, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's, let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday Show. Here's Scott Nursery as usual. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, a uh, big weekend of football, and we've got all five divisions that we cover back. So, uh, yeah, bring on the feast of football for at least the next couple of months. Absolutely. We will get into those five competitions later on, as well as the Australia Cup and everything that's happened in the last seven days in that competition. But first, a little bit of news off the top, which we will discuss very briefly. We are aware of what happened in Mackay in the last seven days with the head coach, Brian Murphy, resigning. Adam, he's been replaced on an interim basis by Henry Cannell, who I believe is coaching there with Sunday League side up there at the moment. The situation has been sent from Mackay to FQ onto the FA Integrity Unit, and we'll just have to see what comes with Adam. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, some serious allegations and really disappointing uh, if, if they are true. Um, so, like I said, that at the moment in the hands of uh, Football Queensland and Football Australia. And uh, look, there's probably not much more we can say on that. And just we'll just keep posted if there's any news if it comes out. Absolutely. We'll see what the integrity unit has to say about all of that. In the meantime, we'll move on to discuss round six of the NPL Queensland men's competition. And we'll start at the end of the round at the game, which we were at. This evening, up there at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe, which was a 3-1 win for Peninsula Power over the Brisbane Roar Academy. Two goals from Anthony Poliak, one from Josh Woolley for the home side. Josh Morland with a goal just before halftime for the visitors. And on the balance of play, it's fair to say that Peninsula Power deserved the win. Yeah, it looks like the... Um... The, the, the Premiers are still starting to really get back in the groove. It's been a very, very good week for them. Um, obviously, three games in eight days and uh, plenty of goals uh, that they've scored. So they're, they're starting to find their their uh, groove as far as as a side uh, come, come together. And uh, I think that might be dangerous signs for the rest of the league. It's interesting because we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the individual goal scorers in a minute. But on power, it is the first time we've seen them play this season, Adam. And there is a very different looking Peninsula Power side that is a bit younger than we've seen in the last couple of years. And it seems like they had a bit of a rough start with Sunshine Coast away, as well as the Lions back back is very difficult. But it seems like they're finding their groove, doesn't it? It does. Uh, and I think more importantly, the combinations of Stoner uh, to sort of come together as well. Uh, both, like I said, there are plenty of changes, like defensively. Like I said, the, mid, the midfield engine is almost unrecognisable you now with you know, Daniel Cunha and both Sam Roper moving on, which were basically the heart and soul of um, potential power ever since they, they were promoted into MPL. So seeing Jesse Rigby uh, and uh, Jake McLean in those positions, while both are exceptionally uh, uh, experienced players. Uh, it's still a very, very different field, but uh, that, I think it's starting to become better. And obviously, replacing Andy Pangeli up front and Anthony Poliak at the moment certainly looks like uh, he's uh, he's a more than fitting replacement. Absolutely. Anthony Poliak certainly does look like a very good replacement for Andy Pangeli, doesn't he? He's got 10 goals in the week, if you include his goals. Three against Eastern Suburbs, a hat full of goals away to Surface Paris in the Cup, and a couple of goals here tonight. And his all-round game is actually really fitting in that side, isn't it? In terms of, in terms of his combination with Brenton Fox and Jack McLean in that front third, it looks like he's a really nice fit in that front third for them. He is. He, I think, you know, as a direct replacement for Andy Pangeli, I think he actually offers, 
I'm not gonna say a little bit more, but very, very different style. That like he seems to be, you know, a player isn't that you know that uses the wing, wing position, you know, likes to run onto and dribble more. Whereas Andy Pengelly at times looked, looked more like a, you know, your your prototypical number nine, you know, who was there, you know, basically will just scrap and uh, and just you know, hold up and and score, you know, like a predatory striker. So he offers something different. But as far as output and most importantly the amount of goals scoring, uh, he certainly is a worthy replacement. Get goals anywhere you can. It is very, very effective. Adam, we're right out for the raw. We'll talk here from the coaches. What did you make of them? It seemed like they were in the game for about 60, 65 minutes in this game. And apart after that, it just seemed like they faded away a little bit. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting sort of performance for the Raw because they in the first half they were up for it. They, um, they really were. Uh, the goal that came that Josh Woolley scored on the half now, Mark, it was really. Uh, uh, yeah, almost self-evident that they they um, pretty much put themselves in that position where they just were just hemmed in and just could not get out of their own half. And that that goal for Woolley was was pretty much coming all the way. But then to their credit, they fought back. And Louis Abala, who who's returned from the uh, A League senior team to get some minutes in, um, we, we expect him to be called up to the senior side. Given that the Raw A League side will have pretty much uh, will have you know, three games in seven days. And uh, and like I say he's getting he got some minutes up and he put the assist through to um, Josh Morland who you know is sort of in a bit of a purple patch himself scoring goals. Yeah, Louis Al put a really smooth performance in that midfield. And he a little bit more advanced than in play in the past, but he certainly was linking up play really well. Now, like Mills actually had a really nice game at the back as well for for the Roar in this game. He looks like a really good young prospect defensively. He may get an opportunity in terms of a, a spot on the bench midweek as well, but. It's really encouraging for them, isn't it? And this is, this is what you're looking for from that raw side in terms of young players coming through and getting their chance in the A-League side. And we've seen recently there's been a real movement for that pathway at the raw and in the, in the A-League side. And maybe there's a couple of players here who might get a chance for the end of the year. Is there anyone that's really, apart from those two, who really stands out in your mind, Adam? Um, it's a very... It's, it's, a, it's a, young, a youngish side. Uh, you take... Yeah, like Zabala and Mills tonight, uh, Eli Adams obviously in the periphery of the team. There's probably not anyone I can see that you know probably would wouldn't be a bolter. Uh, obviously, if there's a, a rash of injuries late, or the basically the policy comes from Warren Moon that he's just going to go all youngsters, then that may change. But other than Zabala, I think Mills. Uh, probably where he is probably the most one of the more experienced players in that side. He might get a chance. Maybe a Brandon McMorrow, but he started off the bench uh, tonight, which I'm not sure whether that was workload management or whether he was getting a bit of, sort of a spell. It's it's yeah. He probably the other one that is probably in the in the reckoning where he he has had one uh, been named once on in the match squad last year, but didn't actually get on. So he's still yet to be capped. As, as a senior player, but yeah, I think Brandon McMorrow might be the um, might be the wild card as far as if any of the rest of that squad were to uh, get a call up, he'd be probably it. I'll, if you want a wild card, I'll throw up the name of Josh Moore. He's been in pretty good form to start the year. I know he's got a lot of attacking depth. We'll have to wait and see if he gets a chance. After the game, Adam caught up with the the head coach of Peninsula Power, Aaron Phillip, and the head coach of Ruthen Royal Academy, Chris Cross. Let's see what they had both had to say, and we'll be back right after this. I was talking about the Aaron Phillip. Aaron, 3-1 winners here over Brisbane Roy. You must be pretty happy with that result. Yeah, really happy. Uh, tough team. They're a good team. Um, young, energetic, play good football. Um, really happy with three points. You mentioned young and energetic. Your side's a lot younger this year. Happy with the way some of the young guys are starting to integrate themselves? Yeah, I think over the last few weeks, um, 
the young guys have really stepped up and the old boys really helping and training's been good and you can see that all the young boys come on tonight and did a fantastic job. Um, a lot of new faces here this year, you happy with the way things are going a month in? Yeah, I think obviously uh, pre-season we probably didn't gel as well as we have, but we've been together, the longer we're together, it, we're, we're looking better and better and all the time, so obviously hopefully we keep working hard and keep working at it and that gel keeps getting better. So the, um, Anthony Pike's had a really big work on the squad, you must be really happy with the way he's, in, he's started life here at Peninsula Power. Yeah, Paul's done really good, um, he's had a really good week hasn't he? Yeah. Um, we all have, but uh, yeah, no, he's doing really well. Uh, obviously, there's things we've, in his game we've still got to keep working on, but he's uh, he's in front of goal. He's been tremendous. Uh, you've got Gold Coast Knights at home here next week. How important is that fixture, not just in terms of the league, but also potentially putting a bit of marker on them ahead of your cup tie in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I haven't looked at them or thought about it too much, but it is an important game. Obviously, we're on a roll, and they're a very good team, well coached by Scotty, so we'll do our homework this week, as I'm sure he will, and... Um, See what we can do next week. Right, we're talking to the coach of the Royal Academy, Chris Crossman. Our three-one three-one loss here against Prince Power. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, disappointing. I think we're probably our own worst enemies. To be fair, I looked at it. Um, just too many turnovers. Um, it's costly when you give good teams a lot of the ball. Um, and structurally, in the first half, it was probably a reason why they were allowed to have a lot of the ball. We fixed that at half time. Came in, came in at one-one. Um, which I think was, was deserved for us. And then just second half, just too many turnovers, too sloppy in possession, and we got punished. So um, disappointing, but we move on to Thursday night and, uh, and go again. Do you think you ran our legs a bit in the second half and they started to get a little top of you in the end? Um, a little bit, but um, it shouldn't have been the case because I think when you look at things, uh, they had a FA Cup game during the week and um, you know, they played one more game than us. So yeah, probably two things out of that. One, we're not fit enough, which I know isn't correct, or... You know, uh, two, we probably, as I said before, I think we probably just gave away too much possession and, and we're chasing for, for quite a bit of it. So the boys need to have a good look and uh, and see where they can improve individually to, to keep the ball better. And if we do that, I think uh, fitness-wise will take care of itself. On a more positive note, you had um, Louis Zavala back in midfield, so he made a bit of an bit of impact for you, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. It's always good to have Louis in, I think. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I would love to have him in with the first team, but uh, but he's back with us and he's continuing to, to work, which is good, and he leads a high standard, so I think it uh, gives a good picture to a lot of our boys where they need to be. And, uh, yeah, as I said, we'll push on with whatever players we got for Thursday night and uh, and expect better. You mentioned Thursday night you got Morton Bay. What are your thoughts on that? They're a very physical size. Is that sort of a point that works well for you? Or? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I think they're probably as desperate as what we are for points at the moment. I mean, at the end of the day, it's... It's not so much with our program about points, but at the same time, you, you want to create winners. You want to create people that want to win football games. And um, tonight, I don't think we had enough of them. But you know, come Thursday night, different night. Hopefully, uh, we get a reaction. But I don't want to have a season which has a disappointing result, has a reaction, um, good performance, and another disappointing result which creates a reaction. So the, the boys need to have a look at what that standard is and uh, and be consistent with it. And thank you to Aaron and Chris for their time there this evening. Adam, to contrasting coaches, it was good to have a chat to Aaron Phillip, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we don't normally uh, get to get to talk to him uh, too much. Uh, ben Ryan normally does does the uh, interviews, especially during the MPL season. But uh, yeah, it's uh, good good to chat to the head coach. Not that we don't miss Ben. And just because it's always good to talk to Chris Cross as well. We talk to him yes. quite often. We annoy him very often, so it's good to talk <laughs> to him as well. Moving on to some of the other games played over the course of the weekend. And we'll go back to Saturday. The first game of the round at Goodwin Park was a 3-2 win for Olympic FC over 
Logan Lightning there. Uh, two goals from Keegan Yeltis and one for Zach Kierpal for the home side. Patrick Strauss and Matt Capello on the score sheet for the visitors. Olympic just continued their really good form to start the year. And Keegan Yelchich, he's in absolutely fantastic form as well with six goals already to start the year. Yeah, it was, uh, of that uh, that much-vaunted sort of midfield attack of Olympic, we sort of thought that maybe Keegan Yelchich might be one that will sort of, you know, play a role later in the season. But six goals uh, in four games, he's certainly stamped himself as, you know, a vital part of that uh, Olympic attacking machine. So, no, well well done to him. Uh, Zach Kierpal getting on the score sheet as well. Always good for his confidence after his after his 20-goal season last season. So, yeah, Olympic uh, sit alone at the top uh, as the only perfect team left. And, yeah, it's going to take a good team to to, um, to knock them over. It most certainly will, and they are sitting top of the table after the end of week number four. Week four? Yes, week number four. They sit top yeah. of the table either way. Elsewhere on Saturday night, out at Morton Bay, your neck of the woods, Adam, it was a 2-0 win for the visiting Brisbane City. Goals from Brandon Reeves and Fraser Hills, in either half there, and that's a really important win for Brisbane City in terms of getting their season kick-started. But it's, what do you make of it from um, from a City perspective, firstly, but also from Morton Bay's perspective? Uh, for City, it's a, b- a big win for them. Obviously, they've been um, they've been on the road for a number of weeks now, and and like I said, they they probably need to have a win. And they've been sort of uh, had the Cromer uh, teams draw, where they've had a really tough run and and taken on some you know some of the better teams in the league. Uh, Morton Bay, uh, look, it's a bit worrying. Uh, they, they need to start picking up some wins. Again, this is a tough league. They're, on paper, they're they're a side that is good enough, but obviously, uh, it's not it's not all coming together at the moment for them. So, so yeah, they they need to start uh, winning soon. They've got a vital game on Thursday night against um, Brisbane Royal Academy, which uh, that that might give us some more clues as far as where they're at against a side that's probably in the same proximity on the table at the moment. A very important game there for both of those sides. We'll move on to the three other games played on Sunday. Adam, we'll start down on the Gold Coast at Coplet Family Sports Park, where it was a 2-0 win for the home side Gold Coast United over Capella by goals from Jason McQuarrie and Blake Thompson there. That's a pretty comfortable home win for Gold Coast United, you would you imagine? Yep, a good a good bank of three points for them. They're they're the games that they need to win. That in the past they may have you know drawn or sort of even even lost. So they're they're the games that they need to win. We know we we know that Gold Coast United on paper are a very very good side, but it's results in the past you know on games where we expect them to win they didn't they sort of you know were very dour and they couldn't get the job done and, they, and cost them points. So big three points for them. Absolutely. Up at Ballinger Park, it was a one-all draw between the Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Gold Coast Knights. Ethan Galbraith gave the Wanderers the lead after 20 minutes. However, he was then shown a red card about 15 minutes into the second half, and Will Peck got an equaliser three minutes from time for Gold Coast Knights. That's a really tough place to go, Adam, as we know up there at Ballinger Park. So that's not a bad point, that one, for Gold Coast Knights, all things considered. Yeah, I think it's a case of now it's really becoming known the Ballinger Park, especially the way that Paul Arneson sets up his team up there, um, that they are going to be very, very hard to beat at home. It's it's not the most comfortable place, and they know it. And that that's a big psychologically. That is a big thing. Um, that that you know the Ballinger Park and even uh, Liam Fitzsimmons in. His interview with me on our season preview show, he alludes to that point that you know that they want to make teams uncomfortable uh, to, to to travel to Ballinger Park, and yeah, 
they've, they've um, taken the the perfect record of um, Gold Coast Knights uh, along with them in, after four weeks. So at the end of the day, they're still unbeaten. Gold Coast Knights, a good point for them. Uh, but yeah, look, the Sunshine Coast Wanderers at Ballinger Park effect has has come through again. Absolutely, I'm sure they might be a little disappointed to have got so close to taking all three points, but still a not a bad point for the Wanderers either. In truth, in the final game of the round played at Heath Park. It was a 4-1 win for Lions FC over Eastern. So it was two goals from Alex Fechner, one for Andy Pengelly, one for Tommy Gerrard, and one for Kai Fechner for Eastern Suburbs. It seems like it was a pretty comfortable night at the office for, for Lions. Yeah, it looks like Lions um, are proceeding as as planned. Again, these are the results that they need to they need to sort of sell up all three points. And it sounded like a very clinical job, 3-0 up at half time, I do believe. So they put the kill in the rack pretty early in the second half of all three points to them. Uh, East, I think, are uh, going to be, even though they've got, on paper, they're, they're a decent side, but uh, they need to put together soon. Otherwise, they may be, again, in a relegation scrap. And that, that strikes you of Andy Pengelly and Alex Fechner have 10 goals between them to start the season, so they are in ominous form to start the season. Now, we'll move on, Adam, to round one in the MPL. And speaking of ominous form, on Friday night, it was a 5-1 win for Lions FC over Olympic, four goals from Rebecca Kirkup, one from Amy Gunson, a late goal from Faith Stevenson got Olympic on the score sheet. But in this game, Adam, Lions were absolutely dominant. They were on it from the very first minute. And it's great to see Rebecca Kirkup, who had a has had a rough run with injuries, gets back in the starting lineup to start the year. And she made absolutely took advantage of it with, well, with four goals. And her combination, particularly with Tegan Riding, was absolutely superb. The... We, the... The uh, line was that, you know, how does Lions replace uh, Shay Connors, obviously, and all those goals that she's now taken to uh, MPL New South Wales. Uh, no one really thought the answer would be Rebecca Kirkup, but uh, look, she, look, we've always known she's been a good player and, you know, obviously knows the system well that Rob Askew's got, which is a pretty simplistic system, I think, when it comes down to it. And yeah, look, it's not, it's really not that much of a shock to see her, you know, get amongst the goals. I would thought Olympic with the side that they had would have put up more of a fight. Uh, defensively, they probably found a bit wanting. So we'll, we'll see how they go. Obviously, they're, they're newly promoted into MPL uh, this season. And like I said, I think Lions at the moment, they're the gold standard. They have been for, you know, you know for, for many years now in that, uh, in that division. So maybe we shouldn't write off Olympic just yet. But it's an ominous sign that after week one, Lions already uh, you know, on top. And again, like like Olympic in the men at the moment, it's going to take a good team to beat them. It just seems like a much more balanced team, doesn't it, the way the team looks. Last year it was very top-heavy with with Gunston and Hecker, who not, didn't play at the weekend, as well as Tegan Riding and Shea Connors. It just seems like this is a little bit more of a balanced side they have there, Adam. And it's it's off, to, off to a fantastic side. With Olympic, I think you make a really good point in the fact that it might not have necessarily been the result you would, might have been expecting, but... It is also week one for Olympic FC in terms of being back in the MPL Queens. And they've had a lot of new players added to the team, a lot of quality players who were with the Raw over the summer. Chantel Simons, who played at the weekend, Natalie Tatham as well. These They will take them a bit of time to get their combinations up and running. But I do think Olympic will be a much stronger side in a month's time. They also had their head coach, Danny Byrne, unavailable for this game. So perhaps that was an impact as well. But I do think Olympic will get stronger over the next few weeks. Yeah, I think I think also as well, and we we did the preview on the uh, midweek show for for the MPL women. Is that I think other than Lions being the standout 
I think we all sort of like you, me, and James sort of all agreed. We had different permutations about how spots two to about six or seven were gonna were gonna go. So I think that that division behind where behind lines, I think we we were all unanimous that you know it's gonna be lines first and potentially daylight seven second without. Uh, disrespecting the other clubs, but and and week one has sort of has shown that already. But it's going to be very very tight between those next that next group of, of clubs. So and as we talk about with the uh, one some of the other games in in the uh, on the weekend, yeah, it's it's. I so I wouldn't be writing Olympic off just yet. Absolutely, we'll see what happens. And the other game which we did cover over the weekend in round one of MPL Women's Adam was on Saturday night at Heath Park between Eastern Suburbs and South United. And this game was. Was was quite an even contest for a lot of it, and exploded in the last 10, 15 minutes. So it was a three-two win for East over South. You know, two goals for Sophie Person, including a ninety-fourth minute winner in the end. Keho Ashima got the scoring started in the third minute for East, and two goals for Bella Habuda, the new signing for South United. This was a really interesting game, and in the end, I think it was probably an would have been a, fair, a draw a fair result, but East pop up with a late winner, and it could be a very crucial one. Yeah, absolutely, and this is exactly what I was alluding to uh, before when talking about Olympic. Is that East and South look very, very evenly matched. Uh, it took two, it took two of their strike weapons in uh, Bella Habuda for South and Sophie Person. Who it's good to see her coming back to to form after some some lean years, you know, with some of the other some other clubs, you know, at the Gap and whatnot to to you know, not only score goals but score meaningful goals like the winner that she scored. I, I think it's a welcome return to form for him but for her I should say but uh both both sides uh look very very evenly matched and yeah I agree I think probably a point each neither team would have been unhappy about but obviously you got to take your opportunities and uh something person and East took it absolutely in the other games played over the weekend it was a 2-1 win for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers over Morton Bay on Friday night Kiana Shervey gave Morton Bay the lead in the fifth minute before Louise Rolf and Chelsea Scarf got the goals to give the Wanderers the win there on the road. In the final game, Adam, it was a 3-1 win for the QAS over Capella, but unfortunately I can't tell you anything else that happened in that game. There's not much information available at this stage through the official channels, but that's a really good result for the QAS. Yeah, it's uh, Capalabar were being touted as, as contenders, and I would imagine that they they were. We didn't we didn't see see much of this game because we were obviously covering the the MPL men's game between Power and um, Raw Academy. So I'm not so sure who lined up for Capalabar, but uh, look, QAS they're, they're always an interesting proposition. You know, young players they'll either you know, be you know, provide diamonds or rocks, and uh, looks like it was a diamond day for uh, young QAS girls. So we'll have to see if that information does drift through in the next few days. We'll keep an eye out for that. But we move on, Adam, to FQPL1 over the course of the weekend. We'll start up in Mackay, where that was had a difficult week. And it was it was made a bit worse with a 3-0 win for Mitchelton. Two goals from Adam Edgar and one from Ben Holiday there in that game. And the other game played on Saturday, Adam. Or two games played on Saturday. Strikers 1-0 win over um, Southside Eagles with a late goal from Cody Moore in that one. But... Redlands United six, Caboolture one. I'll go through the scores in a moment, but that was a, that's a amazing result for Redlands, wasn't it? They went down a goal early, and they ended up winning the game by six goals to one. It's a great result for them. It is. Um, I'm, I'm more concerned by the absolute capitulation of of Caboolture, that they go they go goal in front, but then go a man down, then ship, then slip six. Uh, that's uh, the first signs of yo. Know, 
of sort of any sort of flaw with um with with Caboolture. Yeah, and that 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 covers a season as well in FQPL two. They did they did have that runabouts uh near the end of the season, but obviously the the queue was in the rack basically as far as the as far as winning the premiership goes and they lost that thrilling grand final. But uh yeah this one's a, a major one. Is it it's probably an anomaly more than anything else. Uh but and maybe we're we're probably giving not giving Redlands enough credit for 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 uh, putting putting Caboolture to the sword. But uh, yeah, six one home. It was, certainly was a shocking result uh, to say the least. I think what it says above anything else, strikers aside, that this competition is very very even. Strikers, of course, the only team who've gone four wins from four to start the year. But it's, it does show you that from. Everybody else in this competition, it's a very, very even one, isn't it? And in terms of the goal scores, it was Luca Pullen who gave Caboolture the lead in the 16th minute before a couple of goals from Guy Santana, Ben Njai, Noah Hitchcock, Dylan Brent and Ryan Hughes there on the scoreboard for Redlands throughout the second half as they gradually wore the home side down. In terms of the games played on Sunday, Adam, it was a 3-1 win for Southwest Twins and Thunder over Sunshine Coast. Jack Bertoli, Will Phillip and Will Orford on the score sheet for the visitors. And in the other game, it was... Ipswich Knights for Rosa Rovers for, or should I say, Marek Madley for Ipswich Knights for, because Marek Madley put on four goals in that game, and unfortunately it wasn't enough with a late late equaliser for the home side in that one. Yeah, it's uh, Rochdale, again, they, they sort of, they, they show us, you know, that they're, they're probably the best in the league, and then they sort of then drop points uh, against an Ipswich side who has been struggling. So, um yeah, it's good personally for Marek Madley. Good to see him, you know, grab a bag full of goals. But uh, overall, team performance, uh, yeah, more lost points uh, for Rochdale, who are one of the favourites, uh, we, we think, for FQPL1 and potential uh, promotion to MPL next season. They are absolutely one of the favourites. We'll see if they can bounce back next week. And we'll move on to FQPL2, or as we like to call it, the League of Goals. And it's certainly the case once again this weekend. Adam Grange, this will... Picked up a 4-3 win against Tringa Rovers. A, a 92nd-minute penalty there from Matt Hornby gave them the points in that one. It was a two-all draw down on the Gold Coast between Kuma, Colts and North Star. A Nick Webb win, equaliser in the 93rd minute got a point there for North Star. Uh, Magic United picked up a 4-1 win away to Virginia in that game. And in the, the other game played on Saturday night, it was a 5-3 win for Surface Paris Apollo over Sanford Rangers. Teddy Watson... Scored another four goals, Adam. He's on ten for the year, and he is absolutely flying. Yeah, I would almost say that it might be time to already send Teddy Watson the golden boots in FQPL two, just to save just to save some um, time and uh, the later in the season because he's absolutely flying at the moment. That's eight and eight and two weeks, and uh, and yeah, look. We we all know like those who are in the know know how good a player Teddy Watson is, and even at his age, still the, the fact that he's performing week in week out, it's just testament to him. But uh, look, Surface Paradise, they had a you know they had a really disappointing loss uh, against uh, against Peninsula Power in the Cup uh, midweek. It's good to see them bounce back at least in the league. Because results like that sometimes can have some sort of, you know weird and wonderful effects. But uh, but yeah, look. Yeah, uh, Surface Paradise certainly still look on track to be the favourites uh, to to take out the uh, FQPL2 title at the moment. It looks that way at the moment. They're certainly scoring plenty of goals. And Teddy Watson, I think, might be might break all sorts of records in terms of FQPL2. Or it's only the second year of the competition, so maybe he'll set records that will be very, very difficult to beat in years to come. Speaking of FQPL, we'll move to the FQPL1 women's competition now, Adam, where 
Logan had a 5-0 win away to the gap on Saturday afternoon. Peninsula Power, 6-0 winners over Southwest Queensland Thunder in that game. Mitchelton and Western Pride, 4-3 there in that one. Two goals for... Three goals for Meg McGillick in that game as well, actually, I should say. On, so Meg McGillick got a hat-trick and a 4-3 win for Western Pride over Mitchelton, I should say. And in the final game, it was Brisbane City 5, Virginia United 1, Kaya Stephenson with a hat-trick for the home side in that one. Adaman, it seems like the expected contenders in that one, Peninsula Power, Brisbane City and Logan, are off to a really good start. Yeah, this uh, it looks like at the moment of the eight clubs, there's four standouts and four sort of are going to struggle. And uh, when those teams meet, it's going to it's going to be some fascinating football. Uh, Peninsula Power are looking really good at the moment. Um, they're, they're they're the signs that they've made makes them really you know competitive obviously then you have a western pride when you've got players like an abby lloyd and meg mcgallagher it's good to see meg mcgallagher get amongst the goals a hat trick in in 14 minutes uh down down at briggs road in an away game i will say against uh mitchelton but even mitchelton i'd say even they look they, they don't look too bad as well they're probably the, the fifth team in that poll but you know may may sort of you know really sort of so be contenders, but uh, and then you got Logan and Brisbane City. So I think that that uh, that division is already sort of splitting into two groups already. It certainly looks that way, doesn't it? We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. We'll move on to the midweek action in the Australia Cup. I don't know. I'm not going to read through all these results, given the most of the games were played almost a week ago now. But there's a couple of very interesting results there over those games played on Tuesday and Wednesday. Not any particularly interesting to stand out to you? Well, I think we start with the cup set being uh, FQPL 4, Redcliffe Dolphins 3, beating uh, MPL Queensland, Capalabar 2. I think that's that's the, that's a standout uh, cup set result. Uh, of, of the other of the other results, not that was a, the the results as far as who advance you now wasn't unexpected, but the result was, and that's um, potential power nine, surface paradise Apollo nil. That one, that that's a, that was a shocker, shocker of a result. That one, I we did not see that that coming. We thought, we actually thought that you know, Surface Paradise would actually go you know, be really, um, be be really competitive in that. But um, without seeing too much of the game, uh, we know potential power are probably flying. But uh, yeah, that was that one was unexpected. Uh, and probably I'll, I'll play probably one other game that. I thought that was a bit of a shocking shock result was uh, Gold Coast United three North Brisbane two. That uh, Gold Coast United again seems to be struggling against Metro team uh, opponents. Absolutely, I agree with you in terms of that. Um, service Paradise against Peninsula Power. It wasn't as close as we were hoping. It would be the other game, which was probably not as close as people were hoping. Would be the um, Strikers going down by six goals to one against the Lions. But in terms of really good results, um, Broadbeach had a great win over mm. FQPL one opponents Ipswich Knights and and um Capital League three the Lakes gave Redlands a real scare before they won by three goals to two in that one. So not a lot of upsets Adam but plenty of interesting action and it actually sets up some very intriguing matchups in round five. Anything which um which matchups are the pick of the pick of the matchups for you? Uh, obviously, it goes out saying, and we've sort of pinpointed for our potential power, Gold Coast Knights, so two of the two of the heavyweights. Uh, one, of the, one of those clubs are going to be very, very disappointed because he'd say both clubs were the squads were built in with you know a run, a cup run at the national rounds levels and beyond. 
uh, and for for either of them to go bow out in preliminary round five is going to be a very tough pill to swallow. So that that will be an intriguing game. Uh, of the of the other games, I would say probably look Southside Eagles and East. Uh, Southside Eagles are travelling very well in FQPL 1 at the moment. East, not so much in MPL, so that's a game that could go under guard. And I think Kabulcha versus Morton Bay as well. Sim- similar situation where Kabulcha at home, uh, they're, they're going pretty well, but notwithstanding their 6-1 result on Saturday night. Whereas Morton Bay at the moment are strong for, for a result at the moment. And yeah, Terry Kirkham meeting one of his former clubs. Absolutely, one of his former clubs, no doubt about that. In terms of um, the highest profile title, there's no doubt the one you mentioned, Peninsula Power and Gold Coast, is is certainly that. I think the Mitchelton Sunshine Coast Wanderers tie could be very interesting, as well as the Western Pride tie against Broadbeach. That has poten- potential there for a FQPL three side to progress to the next round. But I think, to, in terms of the pure magic of the cup moments, Redcliffe travelling to Olympic has absolutely that written all over. It would be, I would imagine, the biggest upset. We've had up here in the Australia Cup, wouldn't it, Adam? If Redcliffe were able to go to Goodwin Park and get get a result, yeah, it's it's looking fair. I can't unlikely. think of any others that would be close, to be honest. But then again, remember that Centenary Storm was a few years ago. Uh, about about similar similar sort of gap in the in the pyramid. Uh, that nearly that Centenary Storm was nearly knocked off Olympic in uh, in in the cup a few years ago before Olympics sort of you know, put the foot down. So that's probably the hope. But uh, yeah, that one that one's going to be a tough one for for uh, Redcliffe uh, to, to sort of overcome. But yeah, you're right. I think I would think actually be probably one of the biggest upsets in the cup period. I think if if Redcliffe were to knock off Olympic. We'll see if they can manage it in a couple of weeks. The um, times and dates of those games are still to be confirmed. We'll move on now to, as we always wrap up with our performance of the week, what have you got for us this week? Oh, it's a few out there because we've got a few four four goal scorers this week, which is normally normally earn you a um a perform of the week gong. Uh, look, I'm 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 gonna be really sort of you know I'm gonna be sort of you know re unoriginal, and I think Teddy Watson back to back four four goals against uh, Sanford Rangers. That's a that's a performance of the week for me. But there are plenty of um, honourable mentions. I'm sure you will pick one of them. There's no shame in being unoriginal. That's what we do around here. Never said you had to be original. You can say the same thing every week if you like. I'll go for Rebecca Kirkup. I think her four-goal performance, you can throw in Tegan Riding, who had a hatful of assists in that game as well. Those two in particular were absolutely outstanding for Lions on Friday night. And if they were actually, and if the national team were as clinical as Lions were on Friday night, it might have been a much different story. Anyway, we won't go into that too much, Adam, but it was a great performance from Rebecca Kirkup on Friday night, and she gets my performer of the week. Yeah, and I will mention to a friend of the show, Mark Madley as well. Uh, they said, good good to see him. Truly, it's good to see him amongst the goals again. Absolutely, it is an email. We very well end up winning the FQP1 goal, but we'll have to see over the course of the year. But that'll do it for this edition of the Britain Football Reviews MPL Sunday Show. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, uh, good as always. We'll be back next week to recap everything that happens in Queensland football. For now, we'll talk to you later.